time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine, but there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. Good distribution of air. It's Death by Video! I'm Phil. I'm Kit. I'm Lillian. And I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Fun Filled Cinema uh, with uh, your four wacky hosts on Death by Video. Um, tonight we are watching, this is the first part of our American Horror Project uh, series, which we're covering the three films released by Arrow Video and <sighs> their American Horror Project. Um, Project sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like I'm doing homework here. It was a lot of work. They restored three <laughs> mostly forgotten films from the 1970s, the regional horrors of the 1970s, into, um, yes, Phil? God's work. Yes, the Lord's work. Um, and, of course, they're a British company restoring American films that have been forgotten about, mostly not released on video or DVD up until this point. Um, the box that came out in 2015, it contained the film we're watching tonight, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood, The Witch You Came In From the Sea, and The Premonition. And uh, so before we get going, I'm just going to dive into a little a little bit of trivia on Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Um these are my notes for a short film I want to do called Shifty Sheila. Not notes on the film. Shifty Sheila. Coming 2019. Um, okay, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood from 1973. It was directed by Christopher Eric Speth, S-P-E-E-T-H. Um, it was his only feature film as a director. He worked as a director of photography on two productions, Video Wars in 1983 and the short film Tammy Hall Reflections in 2006. Um, IMDb... So, I, wait, what, from 1983 to 2006? I'm guessing he did, like, a lot more industrial work. Okay, that's that's uh, time off right there. That's a, I don't think it was time off. I think he was just doing non, like, entertainment work, probably, like, doing corporate videos and industrial okay, films. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to why he, he never made another film after this. What were you going to say, Phil? Oh, yeah, he's got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah exactly. We all do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Jeremy Salnier, the director of Green Room and... Uh, What's the blue movie? Blue Ruin and Murder Party. He had like nine years in between Murder Party and Blue Ruin. And he went off and did corporate films. And the only reason he did Blue Ruin was because he was concerned if he didn't do another movie then, because he had like his third child on the way, he would never do another movie. So he like mortgaged his house and just decided, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to do corporate videos for the rest of my life. Isn't that what Jackie Earl Haley did after he stopped being a child actor? Because I think he was doing something similar. He was doing well, he like, was still... In, yeah, he was doing that stuff. He was doing industrials. And he was also doing... I've worked on a couple industrials. They're, they're interesting because you essentially shoot an entire feature film script within a week. Um, performances don't count. And they're, they're kind of fun to do, though, because no one really gives a crap. And you're all getting paid something. But Jackie Earl Haley continued to act. He was in Maniac Cop 3 and Dollman. Dollman, as we know. Yeah, yeah but, like, but like right after that, like, Charles Band uh, period and... Uh, Probably. Are we talking about the guy in Dollman that was the head? No. no. he was the gangster. The gangster. The guy that shot... That squished the head. Oh. Yes. 
He was in the Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. That's how he started his career. He was nominated for an Oscar as uh, the pedo in um, Little Children. Yes. Yeah, Little Children. He's also the mm-hmm. uh, only other actor to betray Freddy Krueger beyond uh, besides Robert, Robert England. England. Yes. In the awful 2010 remake. The very not good remake. Yes. yes. It's just the only Freddy movie I haven't seen apart from Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, we gotta watch Freddy vs. Jason. That movie is fun. Um, so anyways, uh, the IMDb's sole piece of trivia for this movie, this is how rare it was, is that the location for filming is now a flea market on Sundays. Nice. Um, the film is inspired by the Scottish... Little do they know, those flea market shoppers. Ooh, if they only knew the carnival of blood that haunted that place <laughs> in the summer of 1972 while the film was being made. It'd be like a carnival of blood uh, walking tour. <laughs> yes, and this is where Malatesta killed someone else. Um, it's funny because uh, blood is not just the name, uh, a euphemism. There's actually the, the... In the film, the amusement park manager's name is Mr. Blood. Ah. Who is nice. not Malatesta. But of course it is. <laughs> it's not blood, it's blood. <laughs> it's blood. Um, uh, filming took. Uh, oh, I gotta go back here. The film is inspired by the real life legend of the Scottish um, Sonny Bean clan, which also inspired The Hills Have Eyes. And uh, what was that awful, awful film shot in Quebec? I think it's called like Sam Hain or something. Oh, it's yeah. With. Um, from the early aughts, or yeah, the mid aughts, early that, aughts. That's like that's Scottish folklore, right? The Sawney Bean clan. Yeah, it was about the 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 clan that like the guy and his wife went off and had kids in a cave, and then the kids had kids with each other, and they grew up inbred and strong and became cannibals and would kill people and eat them, and then eventually, like the King of England was like, well, we got England was it became such a big deal that the King of, King of England dispatched bounty hunters to go catch them, catch them, and then they became the first people to ever be drawn and quartered. Allegedly. Okay, so they do did exist. I, for some reason, I thought it was just like to <laughs> drum up to stir up like anti-Scottish sentiments. Yeah, well, the thing is, they think it was sort of there was a hint of reality to it, but it was mostly done to drum up anti-Scottish settlement. Yeah, which just shows you, even in England and the UK, the whitest of the white bunch, they found a way to discriminate against one one another. And I have to apologize, guys. I'm a little under the weather, so if I stumble over my words or sound a little phlegmy, um, sorry. By the way, shout out to the Witchfinger Horror Podcast. They mentioned uh, one of our favorites, Heavy Metal Summer, on one of their recent episodes. State Park. You're not the only ones. <laughs> State Park. Yeah, well, that's the American title. But I prefer the this, the other song in the film, Love is Like a Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the film was shot uh, at the Willow Grove. Uh, was shot in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was shot at the Six Gun Territory Amusement Park, which um, <coughs> which had already started to go downhill in 1972, and was somewhat dilapidated at the time of filming. The lead actor, Dennis Dietrich, who pl- portrayed Malatesta, was independently wealthy and actually didn't take payment for the film. His only other uh, credit was in George Romero's Dawn of the Dead in 1978, also shot in the Pittsburgh region. He did it for his health? He did it for the art. Yes. <laughs> who was he in Dawn of the Dead? Was he just one of the zombies? I think he was just one of the zombies or maybe one of the bikers. Arguably the same difference, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Did it for the art, maybe a little bit of vanity. I think a bit of vanity more than anything else. Like, I will now be... It's like, uh, what's that guy that owns a restaurant downtown? Which one? <laughs> Frank D'Angelo. Oh, Frank D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. Still writes movies. Son starring of Toronto. Sp- yeah. <coughs> Star of the Sicilian Vampire and uh, some other garbage movies. Is this a 
vampire that makes pasta? I think so. Yeah, he awesome. probably does. Yeah. Sign me up. No garlic, right? <laughs> no, obviously, that would that'd be awesome. We should watch the Sicilian vampire. If he was taken down by garlic, that would be amazing. Just, he just has a bit of pasta one night and like, oh no! Oh no! Oh, I, uh, no. Mamma mia! It tastes so good, but hurts so much. He probably cries every night because he can't have garlic. Oh, I know. Oh no, this is the garlic spaghetti. I made so much and now I cannot eat it. It will kill me. It's me, Mario. Um, okay, where were we? Oh, the most well-known actor in the film is uh, Herve. Villachez I don't know if I can pronounce that correctly oh tattoo from yes. Fantasy Island and also Nick from the man, with the man yes Nick Knack from the man with the golden gun yep and uh R.I.P. or Villachez yeah yeah exactly and the sinful dwarf as well which everyone wants to forget that he was in that movie it's quite disturbing the total budget for the film was uh just about under a hundred thousand dollars the film has been difficult to see since its original release 30 years over 30 years ago and was not available on home video until 2015 when it was a part of Arrow Video's American Horror Project Volume 1. In 1973 to 1974, it was widely distributed and was a hit on the Southern Drive-In circuit. The director wasn't paid for directing the film, but was promised a portion of the film's profit. The distributor reneged on this, and uh, Christopher Spieth was never, never got earned a single cent for making the film. For decades, it was considered a lost film, but a print was found in an attic in, in 2003. Christopher Spieth passed away in 2015, just before the film was released. Aww. Unfortunately, I know it's 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 heartbreaking. He is on the on the Blu-ray a little bit. He talks a bit about it. Um, finally, the amusement park that the film was shot in opened in 1928 and eventually closed in 2005. It became a viral sensation in the 2010s when an, an urban explorer posted photos of the dilapidated park online. And that is the end of my trivia for this film. So, guys, are we looking forward to Malatesta's Carnival of Blood? Yes. Yes, I would, I would say so, yes. Oh, yes. Nice. So this is, yeah, this is a dive back into the regional filmmaking, which I'm, I'm a fan of from the 70s, which predated the independent filmmaking of the 1980s and 1990s. Longtime fans of the uh, podcast will remember we did such regional hits as The Zodiac Killer. Yes, and Another Son of Sam. Another Son of Sam. And some would argue, um, well, no, not, not The Violent Years, because that was produced in L.A., but man, I was thinking of another son of Sam recently. I was describing it to someone, and they were like, "Wait, what? What is this movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was shot before son, the son of Sam kim- killings, and then came out afterwards. And it's about a guy that kidnaps a bunch of people in a ho- in a, an apartment building, and the police try and break in and get them. And they're like, "How is this connected to Son of Sam?" I'm like, "Not at all. Just up by the to, title. Up to the point where I had joined you guys. That was the first like, what the fuck movie for me." <laughs> <laughs> But it was awesome nonetheless. Or like, ex- or like when you explain Zod- the Zodiac Killer to people, it's more exciting to talk about like the the ulterior motives behind the making of the movie. Yeah, to actually catch the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, guys, before we get into the film, which we're about to watch, has anybody seen anything good since we last recorded? Phil, I have. I've I've moved a bit further in the Lone Wolf and Cub series. Oh, nice. So I've watched parts three and four now. A slight dip in quality from the first two, but oh. it's a really high bar, mind you. So. Oh yeah, well, the, I mean, the first two make up Shogun Assassin. Yeah, it's so good, and like, like they 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 were starting to run out of like the good gore and prosthetics by the fourth movie, but uh, <laughs> they only bought so much for the production. <laughs> yes, they ran out. They were just like, all of a sudden, someone realized we gotta stop pumping so much blood. <laughs> 
To be fair, because another movie I saw, New Lady Snowblood, which also came out the same Shit, year. Shit, Lady the, Snowblood. Big props those, to that film. Yeah, and that was a really fun one. I tried watching the second one. I just wasn't in the mood for it. it was, Lady Snowblood 2? Yeah. I didn't know they made a sequel. They did. Um, Criterion collects both... Uh, Boy, Snowblood movies. Nice. Speaking of Criterion Collection, uh, punk exploitation classic Smithereens is coming out next week. Oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go on, Phil. And um, I finally got around to watching Ganja and Hess, which was really good. Mm, that was uh, remade recently by Spike, Spike Lee, Lee as The Sweet Blood of Jesus. It was one of his Kickstarter movies. Yeah. By the way, I really want to see Black Klansman. Me too. I'm for it. I still cool. wanna I still wanna go see um Thank you for grade. going. I wanna see eighth grade as yeah. well. There's there's a lot of good movies out now, yeah. Um but no, I still wanna see uh oh Jesus, I can't remember the the, the socialist film. Uh, socialist film? Oh uh, the Boots Riley movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, sorry to bother you. I wanna see that too. I didn't realize it was a socialist film. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> the self professed communist Boots Riley. I had no idea. Oh yeah. Uh what else have you seen, Phil? Is that it? Uh yeah, I saw True Stories. I didn't... I wasn't huge on the movie. I know, like, mm-hmm. it has a very devoted cult following. Like, there are parts of it that I really like. Um, it's got, like, a great early John Goodman performance. Yep. But, uh... It, it was a bit hit and miss for me. Although it has a... Re- the screening I went to at the Royal was in 35mm. It had yeah. this great introduction by Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, nice. Great Stephen Tobolowsky. Yes. One of Hollywood's that guys. And uh, me and Graham, we rewatched Class in 1984. Sorry, that and... guys versus it guys? Yeah, that guy. When he's one of those guys where you like, you see him, I like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's in Groundhog's Day. He's in... Um, Single white female. He's in every, most things in the oh, 1990s. Yeah. If you go back, you're he like... He's on Deadwood. Yeah. He's really good. Oh, is he... Uh... Which, which guy is he again? I forget who he is in he Deadwood. He plays Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day, so he's that guy. He's uh, like the guy that tries to sell Bill Murray insurance. Oh, that guy, that guy. Because yeah. there's the, the other guy in Deadwood who's also a that guy. Who was well, a, Powers Booth was a that guy before. Uh, but I'm thinking of the uh, the guy who was the newspaper man in uh, Deadwood. Right. And probably, I would say there's probably a lot of that like guys the, in Deadwood. The husband on, uh, on Beetlejuice. Uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Jones. The guy who was, yeah. The husband, Not, you mean Lydia's father? Yes. Jeffrey Jones. Is his name Jeffrey Jones? Yeah, yes. Jeffrey Jones. Okay. The light eyes and... From, uh, go like this as I Convicted child pornographer. Uh, yep, yeah, he has that under yeah. his belt, yep. Mm-hmm. Makes watching some of his movies real awkward now. <laughs> Ruined Ed Wood for me for a good couple years. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, is he, never again. Is he again. still working? No. 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 Is he going to be in the new Deadwood movie? <laughs> I don't think so. Dead, 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 They're making it. It's in pre-production now. Yes. Oh. It's official. On the show. I have to keep bleeping you, Lil. I keep hearing so many good things about the show. Oh, I can lend you the. I've got the box set. I think you would like it, Lillian. Cool. I mean, it's a bit dated. They use the word cocksucker way too much <laughs> in a way that wouldn't be. But. But even the use of that term wasn't because they used they didn't they, even they used swear words they it, didn't swear the same no. way that we we no they used but, modern swears in a historical it's yeah a bit, because um, the whole thing was like they couldn't have someone saying gull dern all the, all the time yeah yeah 
Stephen uh, Tobolowski. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Anyways. he's got a great podcast, by the way. Oh, That's interesting. What I heard as well. Yeah. yeah. So, Phil, uh, I know we rewatched Class of 1984. I'll talk a little bit about that when I get to it. Have you seen anything else? Uh, that that that's it. I haven't gone too deep in my movie watching the last couple weeks. Okay, Kit, what have you seen since we last recorded? Uh, not too much. I uh, I watched all of season one of uh, Barry. The uh, Bill the, Hader TV show. Bill Hader TV show, uh, co-produced by Alec Berg. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm trying. Alec Berg. <laughs> Alec Berg. Who I'm, I'm trying to look up now, like to see what he's done. But okay, like not a bunch of screenplays for films such as The Cat in the Hat, Eurotrip, and The Dictator. That's not a, that's not <laughs> not a great a stellar pedigree. stellar oeuvre. However, Barry, I'd say, is is interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a half-hour HBO comedy. Obviously, that means swears and, and stuff, but it's swears also... Swears and boobs. Especially grim. Yeah, because he's a contract killer. Yeah, but I was expecting, you know, some black humor around mm-hmm. that. You know, like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. he kills pretty casually. But uh, no, no, it gets quite grim, like Breaking Bad style grim, like oh gosh, horrible things. I, I don't, I don't want to yeah. get too much away, okay. but it's surprisingly dark. Um, and then uh, anything else? No, but me and my uh, my large son took in the movie Baby Driver yesterday. Oh, that's good. Is your large son a, a cat named Kitty? Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the photos. That cat is quite large. He's, he's oh, a yes. large. He's a he's a big he, boy. He's a fat cat, as they like to say. Um, Have you seen Baby Driver beforehand? No, I had not. What'd you think? I liked it. Okay. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. It's 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 more of like a theme park ride. Um, I don't really care for Ansel Egort or whatever his name is or who Blandy McBlanderson yeah 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 yeah. really like I know his character is supposed to be bland as well but I just like but as a personality he's quite also quite the bland the least yeah. interesting part of the movie um yeah him and the relationship between I forget the actress's name oh um, I know it's very it's very lo- it's very weak yeah, exactly. Because you realize they went on one date, and then, like, all of a sudden, she's picking him up from jail five years later. Although, she reminds me so much of Shelley from uh, oh my God, of, Twin Peaks. I know, I'm like, why did Magic David Lynch not hire her instead of Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried. Who knows? play Shelley's daughter. That would have been perfect casting, but who knows how these things come about. I know. I still like that movie a lot. The movie was Kevin Spacey ruined it for me for a few months, but then... I mean, he's he's good at what he does. He's just a terrible human being who shouldn't be allowed to work in films anymore. And he shan't. And he shan't. Well, who knows? Who knows when these guys are planning their friggin' comebacks? They all are, you know what? Yeah, I've been seeing it. Somehow on my YouTube feed, this video keeps popping up until I finally just say, do not want to watch this video of... Let Louis C.K. free, and I'm like, like what do you mean? He's, he's free. not captured. He's, he's, he's just—he's not in prison. No, he's living a he's pretty a good life. He's a wealthy man living in Manhattan <laughs> who just can't produce his show anymore. Yeah, I'm sure after like Kevin Spacey was outed, like I'm sure a lot of people made reference to Working Girl as like bit part in Working Girl. I don't know if you've seen that. No, and, no, I haven't. Yeah, like he tries to sexually assault. I've seen Lizzie Borden's uh, Working Girls, but I haven't seen Working no, Girl. No, uh, he tries to sexually assault. He has a bit part where he tries to sexually assault Melanie Griffith in a limo oh, early on in the movie. Yeah. That was one of the parts. Reminds me of. Uh, he's not in Working Girl. He is. He, it's Kevin like a bit Spacey? part. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a bit part. Oh, it's like when you he's remember. He's a creepy Wall Street guy, yeah. It's like when you oh, remember totally Jason Alexander in Pretty Woman. Yeah, because I saw Pretty Woman before I ever saw Seinfeld. That's Harrison Ford and... uh, Yeah, Molly Griffith and Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. And Joan Cusack. And Joan... $6,000. It's not even London. She's the best... Like, she's one of the top supporting actresses for me. Oh, yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar for that one. freaking awesome. Love Joan Cusack. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, what happened yep. to John Cusack, though? Man, he hasn't made a good movie in ages. Hot Tub Time Machine, what the heck was that? I liked John Hot Tub. I, I, I did, too. Follow-up. I haven't seen the follow-up. He, the follow-up he didn't is do awful. the follow-up. No. Smartly, <laughs> very <credit>. smartly. <laughs> John Cusack John. agrees with you, Graham. Yeah. He hates his movies more than you hate his movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he just he, It's called Paychecks. Um, what else have you seen, Kit? Uh, that's, that's about it. I saw Pygmalion the play. In, in Toronto mm-hmm. for our uh, little uh, Death by Theatre corner. Yes. Uh, that was in the very, very east corner of Toronto at the Guild Theater, Park Theatre. Really beautiful theatre. It's all yeah. these um, like Greek columns and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's gorgeous. Uh, unfortunately, because it was outdoor, about 10 minutes uh, after the intermission, it uh, started to rain and, and that was it. Oh, the play had to be cancelled. So didn't get to find out what happened to Eliza Doolittle mm-hmm. and Henry Higgins after all. Yeah, this is coming a little. This by the time this episode Speaking gets up, pretty woman, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a little late. But yeah, that um, is, yeah. it's pretty much the same story. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Toronto suffered a fl- uh, some pretty horrendous weather in the last week. Uh, the Cave of Cinema was partially flooded. Um, some DVDs were lost, unfortunately. <gasps> oh, um, yeah. Are are we gonna have a tribute to the fallen or? I don't know if we really need to have a tribute to a lizard in a woman's skin. <laughs> uh, that movie is great, though. It's by the late great Lucio Fulci. Um, so Lillian, as you crack open another beer, what is what have you seen in, since we last recorded? Um, I've seen a bunch of stuff. Um, but one that I saw recently, I guess it'll kind of stick out the most. Have you guys heard of uh, the Last Rampage? No. It's with um, it's with the guy from Terminator that was chasing Arnold around. What's Robert his name? Patrick? Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. And uh, Heather Graham is in it, too. She Whoa. plays his wife. Yeah, just people with two first names for their names. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's entirely populated with that. Yeah, my favorite part about Heather Graham is her last name. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like Aubrey Drake Graham? He kind of doesn't count. This, I opened it, and now I'm at a loss. There you go. <laughs> Um, and that one was uh, pretty pretty neat. It's about this uh, criminal. He's been locked up practically most of his life, but he's got three boys that are that hold him up on a pedestal thanks to their mother. She says only great things about him. Then they break him out of jail, and they get to see for themselves that he's really just a no good, cold blooded killer. So wow. It was pretty, uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And um, another thing I wanted to kind of tell you guys did you guys know that Prince of Tides is directed by Barbara Streisand? Oh, yeah. That no. was her so, they, I just found her out second dra- directed movie. The first one was Yentl. Yentl. Oh, I liked Yentl too. Cool. I, I love that movie. And I was looking for something like that, like a psychiatrist type of thriller thing. But. And then I, s- <laughs> the and old then psychiatrist I, thriller genre. Yeah, yeah, I was looking for was something like that. College industry. In oh the time. my god, I watched the psychiatrist thriller movie that, and, since we last recorded, but I'll it's tell fun. you about. You've never seen it. What? What is it? The Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. Wow, that's psychiatrist thriller. <laughs> yeah, is yeah it? it is. Um, so, you, so that's it, Lil. Okay. Yeah, I do want to point out that Lillian's also the only person who doesn't have to hold a microphone. I hold the microphone for her. I was realizing that as I was like, she didn't even reach for it. I was just like, yeah, that's my job. Um, uh, so since we watch pieces, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get up to... Oh, um, pieces, yes. 
Oh, we all watch pieces. Yes, it, it was yes. on the podcast. We, we don't have to pieces, report it. Right. It was wonderful. Um, I love that movie so much. Um, I watched The Legend of Boggy Creek um, from 1972, which was a uh, docudrama. I watched Shanty Tramp. So Shanty Tramp is another regional film. It, it's on. So Nicholas Winding Refn, the director of Drive, Only God Forgives, Neon Demon, Bronson. Um, the Pusher Trilogy. The Pusher Trilogy. Valhalla Rising. Valhalla Rising. So many good movies. He has launched his own streaming service, but his is with a twist. It's free. You sign up, you get a membership. Um, but right now, there's only three films, and each film comes accompanied by a whole bunch of content, like essays and breakdowns and, and stuff like that. And he's focusing on films that he owns the rights to. So he bought up about 200 regional films from the 1960s and 70s, and Shanty Tramp is one that's on there and it's interesting because it's the kind of film that you would expect would have a moralistic ending based on its its whole setting is like one night as a couple events happen simultaneously there's a revival preacher in a tent preaching there's a girl the the titled shanty tramp uh who is out there um she's called that by like the mother of one of the main characters there's a there's there's issues of racism there's a biker gang and there's a moonshine running and it doesn't have a moralistic ending because the whole time I was like okay at a certain point there's going to be a moralistic ending and it's not like the good people die and no one is really held accountable at the end it was it was it's quite good um, uh, the streaming service is, is called by NWR that's bynwr.com I highly recommend it it's free and the films are interesting um Next, I watched Class of 1984 with Phil at the Royal Cinema, our home away from home in downtown Toronto. <coughs> Sorry. In a 35mm print that was a little grimy, but still perfect. Appropriately grimy. Appropriately grimy. And I love that. a grimy movie. I don't know why, but I love that film so much. It's so grimy. It's so dirty. It's Toronto in 1982, even though it's set in an anonymous American city where the kids go to Abraham Lincoln High School. A.K.A. Central Tech. Central Tech. It's all Kit's neighborhood, which is amazing. It's my neighborhood. The entire time there, I'm like, there's Kit's apartment. There's Kit's apartment. Um, yeah, and, it's, that's an old building that I live in. So Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, each time I watch it, I'm like, wow, it's pretty f- Violence! Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. so brutally violent. Yeah. I have not seen yeah. this film in question. I know. It's it's just like it's the movie where like for the first time you're kinda laughing a while, like, oh this is kinda silly. And then all of a sudden you go, Oh my god. Like, yeah. I remember uh, when I showed it at uh, one of my movie nights, uh, our friend it's Jesse. It's silly, it's problematic. Yeah, it's very problematic. Uh, Je- Jesse, one of our friends that was watching it, she, like, got upset during it. Like, it was it was kind of amazing. And, like, her husband, Chris, had to be like, yeah, the movie does take a turn. <laughs> um, it's got Roddy McDowell. And that's the, the, it escalates. Yeah, quite quickly and horrendously. Although, um, the great part of it was that Lisa Lingua, one of the actresses um, in the film, who she played one of the punks, she was there and gave like a very long uh, conversation afterwards with uh, with Chris Alexander from Fangoria and uh, Dread Central and Rue Morgue, who um, who was um, who interviewed her and also she took audience questions. We learned a lot about the making of the film, how it was an awful shoot, and that combined with the filming of Deadly Eyes caused her to leave Canada for about thirty years. Um, with the help of Roddy McDowell. With Roddy McDowell, who wrote a letter for her green card, yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend that film. If you haven't seen it, it's so good. It's so so grimy, so violent, so brutal, so Toronto. 
Um, I followed it up by watching Andy Sedaris. That's the director of Hard Ticket to Hawaii. His very first theatrical feature film, Seven from 1979, which is kind of bonkers. Like, it's got not as many boobs as Hard Ticket to Hawaii, but it's got all the same stunts, beautiful women, kind of James Bond knockoff, and the same skateboarder from Hard Ticket to Hawaii is in this movie playing the same character. It's nuts. No way. Yes. No way, man. Yep. Uh, eight years earlier, he's still, uh, eight years later in Hard to Get to Hawaii, he's still skateboarding for the mob in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so he survived a few <laughs> movies before Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Before he got blown up in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I think he might also show up in um, uh, Malibu Express, but I'm not sure. What's this movie you, you, you saw? Seven. Any, S-E-V-E-N. Any comparison at all to the David Fincher movie? Any, no. No? Nothing None. at all? No, I know. Are you surprised <laughs> no right now, spelling. Kit? Are you surprised now? No, no, I guess not. No. I was hoping like there was some sort of No, the whole idea is that there's there's David Fincher is a big Andy Sedaris fan. <laughs> yeah. That there's there's seven uh, mafia guys that kill basically like, at the start of the film is a bunch of politicians who are trying to like oppose corruption and they all get killed off. And so the government brings in William Smith from Gidavin. Oh snap. He is the star of the film. Nice. He's standing up right now. So William Smith of Gidevin fame, of of Maniac Cop, of uh, what's that Francis Ford Coppola movie, Rumblefish, um, the gravelly voiced, gravel voiced guy of all. He is the star. He plays a secret agent who is brought in by the government to take it out. So he hire he brings on six other agents to join him. They become the seven, hence the title seven. This is a movie I need to watch like right now. I'm so sorry. I returned it. I rented it uh, from Eyesore Cinema on Bloor Street it's West. It's not a part of your Andy Sedaris 12 No, no, no. That, that was one of his few films that he actually didn't own the copyright to. Oh. Um, then I watched In a Valley of Violence, the film from Ty West starring Ethan Hawke and John... By the way, John Travolta can still act when, when he has a good director. Like, Ty West got a good performance out of him. Are, are you saying E from Entourage is not a good director? Yeah. Yes, I am. Freaking. Kevin Donnelly. Yeah. Or Connolly. Connolly, whatever. Some Irish name. (laughs) Some asshole Irish name. Some jerk that's short. (laughs) Then I watched... Ex-member of the Pussy Posse. That's right. Oh, God. Then I watched The Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, the psychiatrist thriller uh, that we were talking about. So The Dude Bro Party... That's what it's called? Dude Bro Party Massacre 3? Yes, there's no Dude Bro Party Massacre 1 or 2. It's presented as being the third part in a series. It's like the early 90s, like, last gasp of trying to, like, wring some money out of this franchise. So the the whole movie is presented as being like, this was, you know, the film was lost, but luckily someone taped it at 4 a.m. off of this local station in Philadelphia or somewhere. So you're watching, like, a VHS tape that occasionally has commercials spliced in. Also, it's, like, faux VHS style. Yeah. Faux VHS style. And Sounds kind of neat, actually. It's, it's very fun, and it's very smart. That's the other weird thing, too, is that, like, because the whole point of the film was to sub- subvert the objectification of women in horror movies by having it be about a fraternity that goes to like a seek to a cottage by the lake and there's no girls allowed, man. And um, they're being hunted down by Motherface, which is <laughs> what, what fraternity would want yeah. that as a stipulation? Yeah, what fraternity would be like, no, we don't want women here? That's the whole point. So it's just a bunch of dudes with their shirts off, like the swimming in the water. The bears, bears bucks as a team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then. And the funny, the funny thing is there's this character that's like has a girlfriend. He's like, guys, don't make me sleep in a room with her. She's going to steal my virginity. It's so fun. And it features 
It features appearances by Pat Oswalt, Andrew WK, Larry King as the as the football coach, um, and a bunch of other people. And Motherface is the killer. It's such a fun movie. It's available on Shutter and Blu-ray, DVD, all that shit stuff um and then <laughs> good catch Grant. when you said coach i i don't know why but i thought of rodney dangerfield right away and i thought Lady no bugs? way he'd Lady be in this bugs. movie no <laughs> way no no rodney dangerfield or was long craig dead t. Nelson? Like, bring on the girls oh craig t yeah. nelson and then i i follow that up with pop star never stop never stopping the andy said uh, i've been to watch that movie the andy sandberg movie it's funny oh yeah i watched that recently too pop stars Pop star, yeah. Pop star, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Hot Rod it's is so probably funny. the most slept-on comedy. I know that is a damn good comedy, Hot Rod. Yeah, and Pop I will, I will stand for it. I laughed. Th- I laughed through it because it was just like, it's so funny. And like the best thing is like the the fake hardcore rapper played by Chris Red from Saturday Night Live, <laughs> who's just like cursing. That's his rap. Is he just curses nonstop? And um, Andy Sedaris is like, what's that song like? Do me like we Andy Samberg. Bi- Andy Samberg. Andy like he, like do me like, like we f. Yeah, like Bin Laden, and it's just sort of like it goes on and on. It's a whole song, yeah. and it's awful, and it's awful on purpose. Like they realize that that album sucks, and the whole thing's like. But it's catchy as f- and that's the whole kick. Um, my friend was in town. Can you stop cursing, please. Sorry, uh, it's Continue the heat. Continue cursing, it's please. The heat. Uh, my friend was visiting, and uh, she loved that movie, so we gave it a go, and it was pretty funny. It's is very it on funny. Netflix? Yes, it's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, the thing with Andy Samberg is whenever he does his own thing, it's usually pretty good. Whenever yeah. he works with Adam Sandler, it's usually pretty bad. Oh, it's awful. So uh, just stay away from Adam Sandler, Andy. I think that's that's a good lesson for all of us. Stay away from Adam Sandler. <laughs> um, I love Adam Sandler movies, though. They really Not like... Not like late period Adam Sandler movies? Like late know. Jack and comedy. Jill? Like the the crazy six or whatever? Yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I kind of dig a sense of humor. It's kind of like cozy and I don't know. Listen, I guess I'm alone. We all love Happy Madison or uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Madison is the name of it. I know, I know. And, and Billy Madison. Yeah, Happy Gilmore has a great supporting cast. I know. It does indeed, it's yeah. It's got freaking Jaws from James Bond. That's Richard is. Keel, R.I.P. And Carl Weathers. And Joe yeah. Flaherty. Mm-hmm. Yes, Joe Flaherty. And Bill Campbell. And Christopher McDonald is like the perfect comedy McDonald, yeah. villain. He I, really is, yeah. I really like a lot of his stuff. Like, um, I, I'll, like sometimes I just feel like watching an Adam Sandler movie, and I'll check Netflix, and there's like a whole slew. But now I've maxed it out. I've seen Well, he's them got all. That, that one. I watched a bit of it. The one uh, with him and Chris Rock. What's it called? Oh. Grown Ups? No, no, no. It's a Grown Ups Two. This is a Netflix one. Oh, it's the one where it's like it's our, called, our uh, kids are getting married or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like yeah, a week yeah, or a married. crazy week or something like. I forget what it's called. Yeah. So I, I forget what like it's called too. Deal with Netflix I don't know. Now. I find his I movies so, yeah. like they they're kind of endearing and they they they're sweet and I they're funny the f- and I don't know. I saw the first half hour of that one that I the one I was just trying mm-hmm. to describe I can't remember the title of and that definitely fits right into what well, Lil's well, saying. Well, I, I feel very that, like all of them are though. Little hoke I don't know some of his Do you, have you seen oh, the ridiculous like, six? Of, don't mess with the Zohan is objectively terrible. I love old, I love that movie. <laughs> That's good. hilarious. I kind of also like that movie too. Yeah, well, but I'm a ridiculous six. No, nice. have you seen Eight Crazy Nights? Oh, Zionist but that's propaganda. like that's like 15 years old yeah. at this point, though. So what? No, no, it's good, but it's like it's 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 back in that Sandler era where like we liked him. It's not now where he like it's just like where can I go to get a paid vacation? Like that last I movie he did with Drew Barrymore. Uh, oh, Fifty First Dates. No, 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 the one after that. 
With Terry Crews playing a horrible African stereotype. The one he did recently, you mean? Yeah. With Drew Barrymore. Yeah. yeah I don't remember that one. Not, not 50 First Dates. 50 First Dates, I thought was all right. It was like charming. Like the reunion movie, basically. Yeah. Although he also did uh, Wedding Singer with her. Look, you just know everybody who's working on this these films with him are having fun and they're doing the jokes, you know, like it's Except on jokes. The Ridiculous Six when when half of the, the, the crew walked out. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the indigenous Americans. They were shooting it on a yeah. They they hired like real uh, in, like uh, Native Americans to portray Native Americans in the film, and then when they saw what they had them doing, they're like, nope, we're out. Like I don't want to be a character that's called like like squatting penis or something. <laughs> Come on, hey. guys. He's poking fun. I, okay. I, I wish they could just get like Gary Farmer right, right. and if you're, be like, if, you're, if you gotta stick up your butt, then you probably won't like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wish they hired. I wish they hired. Uh, you're killing me, Lil. Literally. <laughs> I wish they hired Gary Farmer as like nobody and be like, oh. stupid fucking white man. Yeah. <laughs> From uh, Dead Man, Dead and, Man Ghost and Ghost. Yeah, I love how he showed up in Ghost Dog as the same character. You're like, yeah. what? How did that happen? Two hundred years later. That's fantastic. Or hundred <laughs> years later. Same character, man. Great. Same line. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's the, the only time I'm going to swear on this episode. Good old Jim Jarmusch corner yeah. over here. Well, don't stop. Yes. Well, that's just more work for me later on. When I have to edit this. Um, so. The last thing we're going to talk about, I don't talk about TV shows because this is a movie podcast, guys. Kit, Phil, Lil. I haven't been watching I'm kidding, much TV oh, I was going to mention, I did check out Alias Grace. But yeah. uh, that's you okay. guys shun the TV shows, so it, I thought it, it's... HBO no, 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 that's is not okay. TV, it's HBO. It's TV. TV. is the new cinema. <laughs> no, it's not. You can According see nobody Alias. Rita is the new cinema. <laughs> cinema is the new cinema. Slate? Yeah, totally. Um, no, but I watched. Uh, I will point this out. I did watch on uh, on Shutter Canada. They just added um, Channel Zero, Candle Cove, which is the first season of Channel Zero. It's on Dundas. No, it's, it's I know, I know. There's there's the Channel Zero, which is on Dundas, and then there's the TV show Channel Zero, which is oh, an American production. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I I made the mistake too. I was like, oh my god, Channel Zero is making this thing. Anyways, Candle Cove is <laughs> Channel Zero. I think of the Public Enemy song, Channel Zero. <laughs> a lot of TV nowadays is just a movie that was stretched out for 10 hours, which I don't like. But uh, Candle Cove earned... It's six episodes, and it earns every episode. And I really dug it. It's based on the creepypasta also called Candle Cove. It's good. Watch it. It's based on the creepypasta, which was, was a really smart story um, about a bunch of kids that were like reminiscing about this like kid show that they watched that was really weird and kind of creepy. And it was only on for two months. And then they asked one of their parents about it. And they're like, what do you mean, Candle Cove? Like, that was something you made up. Like, oh, no, we watched it on TV. It's like, no, you're just staring at a screen full of static. Ooh. I love how they're they're mining the old creepypasta. For, like, I think there's a Slender Man movie coming out. There is, yeah. Yeah, last podcast on the left loves creepypasta. They've gone, like, I, how many episodes? They're not left? that scary. Like, creepypasta, I've read some of it. They're not that I, scary. I read, I read one about the, this... I guess it was a, an experiment uh, of, of sleeping, of not sleeping mm -hmm. uh, in some Russian gulag or something like that. And that freaked yeah. me out. And then I realized, oh, this is, yeah, this is all just made up. Yeah. But it was really creepy. Well, the, creepy, the, the Candle Cove creepypasta, the interesting thing is that it was presented as being like a, a message board conversation. It reminds me of those, uh, I don't know if you ever had these books when you were a kid, but they were like little anthologies. They're called The Scariest Stories You've Ever Heard. Part no. one, part two, part three. Ooh. And they were really like, they were four kids. Mm-hmm. 
but there was like murder and like people getting squished and like coming back yeah. squished and like monkey's awesome. paw type stuff and it's like nice. man I only know scary stories to tell in the dark. Okay, uh, I can very say, similar, I guess. From but. what you said right now, Kit, I can tell right now you're going to love Class of 1984 because it's got the type of holy f that you don't think is going to be there. <laughs> it was Michael J. Fox before he was Michael J. Fox. When he, back when, oh, just when he was there, he's right? as Michael Fox, which we learned also. Still as baby fat. Even Mike though he Fox. was Mike Fox when he was 20 years old and was a chain smoker and hard drinker, apparently, according to Lisa Lingua. That's how he got that she voice, like, that never, gravelly yeah. kind of voice. She was like, I never saw someone smoke so much and drink so much on set. And Michael Fox was apparently just like knocking it back. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So that's what we've seen. Let's get into Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. I was recently told your podcasts are too long. What? By who? My dad. He's like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna listen to anyone talk for an hour and a half. Mr. Shepard. Hello, Mr. Shepard. We love you. He doesn't listen. He just looks at the length and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I saw one being an hour and 53 minutes. That's crazy. Oh my God. Can you do a theme song for us with your fiddle? I would love that. Oh, I gotta work on that. That's that, that, the fiftieth episode. episode. I can't add more of my fiddle parts to this theme song. What about our our rap version? What would our rap version sound like? You never seen. Biatch. Biatch. Wiggity wiggity whack. My name is Graham S, and I'm here to say. No, 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 no. Time to watch a movie you've never seen. You gotta watch the movie my way. We'll be right back after Malatos is kind of old blood. Mother, I started dinner. Why don't you stay for dinner, Mr. Blood? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much for your generous hospitality. But I prefer to take my meals at home. Doctor's orders. Oh, how about a beer, then? Thanks again, but no thanks. I'm on a very strict diet. Oh, I don't believe it. You look pretty healthy to me, Mr. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Discipline, Mrs. Norris. My metabolism is most unusual. Five years ago, the doctor gave me six months. Strict regimen. I feel every moment as a triumph over death. Who's in there? My parents. Shh. Uh, I can't talk now. Can I meet you later? Okay, the ghoul's eye. Listen. Happened something to the Davises. Look here, what did I tell you? Carnival's a great place for young people. Your daughter's made friends already. Hello, kid. Through for the day? It's a shy one, isn't he? See you tomorrow, Norris. We'll get you settled in. Lucky's here, Frank. I know it. And something awful's happened to him. If he's here, we'll find him. I don't like that, Mr. Blood. We should leave, Frank. We should get out of here tonight. This place is evil. I can feel it. And if something's happened to him, then I'll have my revenge. And that was Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. That movie was really weird, guys. Yeah. Yep. That was wild. Mm. It was it was like an acid trip, basically. A very it was an bad acid trip. acid trip. A real, really bad fever dream. A major like WTF moment. 
stretched out to what? 78 minutes? 72 minutes. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the last uh, 20 minutes of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre stretched out to like feature length. A whole length. length, yeah. But they were shooting it before that movie came out. That's the thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Toby Hooper was taking notes. Yeah, I wanted to take the podcast in a bit of a different direction. Like, I mean, like we're breaking kayfabe here by saying I'm the one that picks most of the movies. I'm the one that picks all the movies. Um, but I, I do take. What about what? the Ouija board? The Ouija board. We Sorry. abandoned that 20 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's our second horror movie in a row. I know. I, I, I not to say we're going to become a horror movie podcast, but I want to like. I'm into it. I want. I want to get a little bit more horror movie podcast. We can be genre. We we're we're whatever we we're death by video. We're whatever the wind. We're wherever the wind blows us. But Anything we are, that has. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Yar. Anything that has poitation as a uh, suffix yeah. uh, is fair game. I would say we could even do some Ingmar Bergman if we want to get Ingmar crazy. Bergman poitation. Some Euro Eurosploitation. Eurosploitation. Yeah. Some art exploitation. Mm-hmm. Whispers of the Wolf. Well, if you remember, like even Roger Corman, like he was the one that put out like some Fellini films, like Armor oh, Accord. Yeah, totally. And they were like, okay, take all the nudity and like death and Armor Accord and put that in the trailer, and that's what we're gonna sell the people. And then they went and saw this like four-hour-long Italian art film, and they're like, that what? Long, but still, yeah. Yeah, I, I've never seen it, so I can't sure, comment. Yeah. Um, but some I only cinema veritas exploitation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like there, there's Ingmar Bergman stuff that you know crossover, yeah, yeah and Virgin the Spring, Hour of the Wolf, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Waters is a big Ingmar Bergman fan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just I was just saying like I wanna like not to abandon our like our questionable cinema, but like I don't know. Anyways. Criterion's putting out a complete films of Ingmar Bergman box set. It's like three hundred. It's gonna bucks. cost seven million dollars. Um surprisingly affordable for like the for complete Criterion. works. I know, of, yeah. The but, complete? Oh, yeah, because, like, he's got, like, at least 50 yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, he was a working director. I, I think we can do good for both. I think we can kind of, um, like, we can do... We could even do prestige films. We can we, strike a balance. We could do. By the way, and this we September, we're gonna, we are going to be doing Death by Tiff. Death by oh, Tiff. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to tr- try and do a daily update, because I'm going to go see a bunch of films, so I'm going to try and do a daily update. It's too bad we missed uh, audience award, Tiff Audience Award winner Bad Timing. I know, sorry. I love that movie. Nick yeah, Rogue. Yeah, I, I was working Teresa, as well. What's yeah. her name? Teresa Russell. Yeah, Teresa Russell. And, and Art freaking Garfunkel. And Harvey Keitel. Yeah, and Art Funkel's like weird um, bald man afro was in full effect in that movie. Do you call him Art Funkel? Art Funkel, yeah. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I think, I think we... We can do the bad and the good here. We can yes. we can dissect the good movies. We can dissect the bad the good, movies the bad and still and have the fun. Ugly? Yeah, yes, that that should be the model of our the podcast. The ugly would be like Jason goes to hell and some of the films we <laughs> the ugly, discovered. Jason goes but. to hell. Or Karate Warrior Six. I was, was going to say yeah. the only two movies that ever defeated us were Karate Warrior Six. I was telling so I was telling a, a former uh, guest host of the podcast and future guest host on the podcast, Vanessa Young, about Karate Warrior Six. I'm like, yeah, like we all hated that movie, and she was like, well, except Lil, right? I'm like, no, Lil hate like n- not hate it, but just like it, it like she's like it well, sucked. Well, we had we had fun watching it just because it we just were bad, hanging out with yeah. uh, with each other, and that's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's stuff to comment on, like it's but it's just you there was nothing like. Like, all the movies I've tried to show have something that, like, push it over from, like, okay, we're, we're yucking it up at a bad movie to, like, you know what? This movie is so crazy, it's good. Come on, that mermaid scene? <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't save the movie. 
like you you expect like okay in a movie called Karate Warrior Six the fights have to be good but the fights sucked very bad fights that's all leading us away from the film we're here to talk about tonight which is Malatest this Carnival of Blood which I've seen this film before this film still sent shivers down my spine it is a creepy weird grody as Kit put it film that was actually a Phil quote grody oh, what well, you remarked on basically the aesthetic of the film is uh, grody plastic like old. Like the kind of yeah. plastic you see, like buried underneath soil, like it's been there for That's so been there long. For Twenty years, you, you yeah. Pull it oh up, my and God, it's... did you just describe this movie or what? And then uh, bubble wrap, multicolored bubble wrap. Usually yeah. red bubble wrap. Usually sometimes, red. sometimes clear bubble wrap. Mostly orange. Okay, so the truth behind it is, I know, I know the story behind that. They spent most of the film. The the budget for the film was on film stock, which is why. I thought we say bubble wrap. No, the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> The lighting in this film was mostly single source, which for those of us who are not film scholars it of film... It works out. They did a good job in the lighting, oh, yeah. I think. This film uses darkness amazingly, but single source lighting is basically you have one lighting source and one big uh, light to just blast people with light. And so that creates a lot of shadow, creates a lot of depth, it creates a lot of darkness. Um, most of the budget of this film went to the 35mm film stock, because unlike a lot of uh, regional films of the time that had lower budgets like this, it wasn't shot on 16mm, it was actually shot on 35 which is why the, the restoration we saw looks so good. Um, and so, to make up the fact that, like, for the, the, the nightmarish hellscape of underneath the carnival, there's this, this mutant, uh, horrific, cannibalistic clan of people that are, are like led by Melotesta and it's Mr. Also in, the, in the Tunnel of Love I think is a lot of this. So. Yeah, there's the, I don't yeah. think that was actually inside of the Tunnel of Love at the actual theme park. But so to to make up a lot of this they, they went with plastic and orange bubble wrap from an army surplus store that they bought fairly cheap. <coughs> Which looks red. <coughs> yeah, the way they treat it, the way they loaded it, it made it look look quite red it all uh, culminates into what uh, you described as a weird disgusting plastic hell yeah i think that's a good descri- description i like that term weird disgusting plastic hell that's going to be the title of my autobiography when i'm dead <laughs> like graham shepherd a weird disgusting plastic hell all right so i've got uh we, we could go over the plot of the movie but it's, it would be yeah kind of tough. i mean well the plot is, is go over the plot it's like trying to summarize inland empire yeah this this movie is a nightmare hellscape I, i'm glad you brought up inland empire because this movie recalled inland empire to me a lot yes it was just like nightmares within nightmares within nightmares <laughs> exactly I, I feel like David Lynch mm-hmm. must have seen this movie, and that's not unlike him. He would have seen these regional kind the, of oddities. If, but he, he lived in, where was it? He was in Baltimore, and he lived in Europe for a while, and then he lived in um, in L.A., I believe. So I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if he would have seen it, because like, this was mostly a southern drive-in. All right. Like, uh, but you never know, because like who knows? Like Back then, films traveled around. Well, here's basically, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll start with a cast of characters I tried yeah. to write down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Mr. Blood. Who looks creepy as heck. I think you, you described him as a uh, twisted Peter Boyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who came up with that? I think, I think it was me, yeah. Phil said Peter Boyle oh, okay, before, so okay. I was like, he looks like a very evil Peter Boyle. I think I know who that is, and I have to just... He's the, the, he's the, he's the, he's the grandfather from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes, yes. Or the dad on Everybody Loves or Raymond. Or one of the other cab drivers. Oh, that's not at all who I pictured. He was also in the... Uh, the Taxi driver. And no, I know who that is. The early uh, Hunter that's... S. Thompson film with Bill Murray, oh, the Where Buffalo the Buffalo Rome. He played yeah. Dr. Gonzo, yeah. <laughs> so, shout out uh, to Friends of Eddie Coyle. I don't see it. Is that a movie? More, yeah. more that guy with like the light blue eyes. Really like... Bulgy eyes. Uh, I can't recall what he's in, but that's who I thought you guys were talking about. We'll call him that guy. Oh, not Marty Feldman. In Lillian's mind. 
Uh, that guy in Lillian's mind. That's who he reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that's going to bug me. Yeah, there was a lot of work because there was, in addition to Mr. Blood, there was also Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean? Which we all laughed at, like, ha ha, it's Mr. It's Bean. It's not but Rowan no, Atkinson it's not. people. It's a, <laughs> it's a man with a hook, and he's kind of like named after the Sonny. It's, it's the homage to the Sonny Bean clan. Also, the artwork, so towards the end of the film, I guess it's the end of the film when Jimmy, Johnny finally shows up, who is Vina's boyfriend. We're, we're jumping all over the place here. But the artwork that, that Johnny's boyfriend is shown by Mr. Bean, where he's like, we have lots of accidents here. And he like flips through this book of like medieval like drawings of like torture. That's actually what was done to the Sonny Bean clan and what was said to the Sonny Bean clan to have quartered. done to... to um, yeah, he was yeah, quartered. He was delighted The Sonny Bean that. clan were drawn and quartered, yeah. Okay, so who else we've got? We've got Kit... Yeah, that's right. Hero of the movie, who's not really a hero. No, he's not. He, he run- runs the tunnel of he love. He runs the tunnel of love. Um, Spelled L-U-V. We've got Vina, who's mm-hmm. I guess the heroine. She looks a lot like Courtney Barnett. She might be our main character, but we don't really know. Yeah, sort of. I'd she, say she uh, is. Yeah, I would say she's the main. She's kind of gone throughout the whole journey. We've got yeah. uh, we've got Sam and Mrs. Norris. Mm-hmm. Who pose as Vina's parents? Who, they who might have, be her parents. We're not no, sure. No, no, I don't. I don't think. So I think Mrs. Harris is Vina's Mrs. mother. Norris, Mrs. Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris. And I think Sam is actually a private investigator that they have like hired to try and find their missing son. Yes. And uh, and Johnny is Vina's long as like boyfriend who's yeah, coming. Johnny shortly. is another character yeah. I've written down. And so who's the missing son? Uh, the guy who does the tunnel of love, Kit. No, no, no. He's dead. Who? They're missing someone. No, no. Is there, dead. there was there was another person who was killed before the movie started. So there, it's kind of like if you've ever seen the Hammer version of Dracula, Renfield shows up. Like at first, you think he's like Renfield from the book, where he's just there to help deal, like cause this land deal to go through with Dracula. But it's really he's there to help destroy Dracula because he's working in league with Van Helsing. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, so then we've got uh, Johnny, the aforementioned Johnny, John A, who's um, Vina's other boyfriend. We've we got should say that like Vina and Kit kind of strike up a little romance, but then there's Johnny who's on the side. Well, Johnny is well, her. That's her Kit main that's squeeze. Kit at is Vina's tree. That's right? correct. Yes, and he just he doesn't know about Johnny. And she's this, interested in Kit, but she's using Kit to get some more information about the park, yes. about Mister Blood, about Malatesta. Wouldn't you, Graham? Wouldn't you? Yeah, we've got Malatesta. Um, who's who's like I don't even know how you describe Malatesti. He's like a young Gary Oldman. Yeah, uh, he, he's Dracula. a weird um, possible vampire that we possible don't know. Possible vampire. We're not sure he has many faces. And apparently, faces. he like introduced Mister Blood to the prospect of drinking blood. But Mister Blood can go out in the daytime, so he's not really a vampire. But he, at one scene, has fangs. But that might just be Vina's imagination. Or he's wearing fangs. Like That's true because he uses fangs. a syringe to pull out the blood. George Romero was watching this for sure. <laughs> it was a Pittsburgh movie, so he would have yeah, seen it. Yeah, like but this is like what five years before Martin. Oh, for like, sure. Then mm, two years, three years. Martin yeah, so was like seventy-five or seventy-six. I thought it was like seventy-seven. Or no, no, it was before then because okay. he he went to Italy in like seventy-five to write Down of the Dead. So I think he shot Martin right, in seventy-five. Okay. okay. Okay, so we've got also we've got the like the gypsy man, um, yeah, the, who's the, a the lady, psychic, the, the rotating psychic, yeah, the psychic that spins around. So the, we're introduced. The film starts with with Vina having her fortune read by this psychic who is very suspect because the psychic doesn't really deliver a future nor a past it's nor reading tarot cards, but, but not, not really, not really. Don't yeah. touch the gods. Dressed as yeah. a gypsy. Like a like a stereotypical just like, just like light. a female gypsy, but yeah. but most likely is a man. But we don't know when we're not judging. Uh, we've got um, Bozo or Bobo. Bobo, we're not sure. It switches. At one point, he's Bobo. Same thing, guys. To be frank, 
but that's who is played um, by Tattoo from Fantasy Island, or what's what's the name of of Brick and Brack? Knickknack, uh, yeah, Man with the Golden Gun, yeah. I, I love say, how they had knickknack and also Odd Job in a different Bond film. Like they were like little people are funny. But Odd Job was Oddjob a little. Was Goldfinger, right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, the man who threw like the hat that like um, yes. cut people's heads off. <laughs> Deliriously spooked and who in Austin Powers. Not allowed to be. And if you played Goldeneye with your friends, um, yeah. Odd Job was off limits. I think. Why? Because he's too short. Because he was short. He was hard to he's shoot not that at. Short. He was much shorter than the other characters. That's true. He was like five feet or something. You give it to the little guy, right? Well, he was harder to shoot, mm-hmm. so if you played Odd Job, you were less likely to get killed. I hated Goldeneye. I was a PlayStation kid. Oh my god, I love it. We so many hours playing Goldeneye. I grew up playing Metal Gear Solid. I learned how to think. Hey, we we learned how to think. <laughs> you had to, like... Four of us are going to run around and shoot each other. Metal Gear Solid, you had to, like, oh my god, there's this invisible laser that you have to get past. How can you do it? Wait, I've got cigarettes in my pocket. If I smoke the cigarettes and blow out the smoke... It illuminates the laser, but smoking is bad for you, so it hurts your health. The main, the one-player gameplay of Goldeneye was also like that. They no. had the it was nowhere near as good as Metal Anyway, Gear we're not going to get it. It's not video game. Death by video game. Uh, <laughs> so we had that, and then I guess finally the last character I can think of is the crazy janitor guy. Oh, yeah, who with, doesn't have a name. He was awesome. He has he a roving eye. A, yeah. He has a roving eye. He and has, a green uh, face. He's basically going around picking up trash with one of those like poker wooden sticks. Poker sticks. So, like get a the stick prisoners. with a nail at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which he then uses amazingly as a weapon. Yes, he does. And he was fascinated by every little bit of trash that he picked up. I know. He even stopped and caught con- like he, so he was pursuing our heroine Vina at the point, but he had to stop when he saw some like uh, cup. I think, I think it was like tinfoil on the ground. He was just like, where could this have possibly come from? And it stopped him dead in his tracks, and he thought about it for so long that she managed to get away briefly before Mr. Blood He's a simple man, this janitor person. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't think he dies in this film. I don't. No, no, he survives. To, uh, he lives to tell we the tale. We don't see him for None the None of the bad guys the in this movie. He just like, gets a little maimed, that's all. But he just crawls away after. Yeah, I don't think any of the bad guys die. Oh. <sighs> Maybe they're the main characters. Maybe it's these weird creep normos that are coming in to try and ruin their it's lives. It's like the devil's rejects. But, but... With, Death to all normies. But I don't like the devil's rejects, though. No, me neither. I like this I'm, movie. I'm coming around to not liking devil re- devil's rejects either. It doesn't grow on you. No. It's one of those ones where you're like, well, that was hardcore. I guess I like it. And then later on, you're just like, man, this movie just... Yeah, just it oh, ruins Freebird. Free yeah. I love Freebird, but that movie just do ruined you, it. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I listened to it yesterday and cried, All man. All twelve minutes Aww. of Freebird. It's so good. If I leave, but that's such a thing to do. Like Rob Zombie's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Man, I'm gonna set the last scene of this film to Freebird. I'm gonna use all 12 minutes. It's so indulgent. All in slow motion. I know it's bad. (laughs) It's bad. I actually owned I for for I didn't watch the um, the the film Devil's Rejects until like a year after it came out when I saw it on DVD. But I had that soundtrack. That soundtrack was was like good soundtrack. It was a good cross section of AM, not 70s rock radio. Almond Brothers. yeah. Yeah, it was good. You know, it had uh, it had like a lot of stuff. It even had um, a, a good original called "I'm at Home Getting Hammered While She's Out Getting Nailed," which had references to Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good tracks. 
Keep going, Kit, with your notes. Where where are we then? Oh, so well, that's all the characters I could name. That's what I thought of doing instead of trying to describe the plot of the because film. The because plot the plot just, of the film... The plot of the film is a nightmare. So we start off with our characters arriving at this carnival, and they're taking over the um, the shooting gallery. Yeah, and then the, the carnival's not open yet. It's not open to the public. Yeah. They're still setting up. And then, so they so Vina meets Kit, who uh, kind of flirts with her, and says, like, oh, I do that. And then they meet another family that's running the Ferris wheel. And Kit's like, oh, you want to take a trip through the Tunnel of Love? And they're like, sure. And so they go into the Tunnel of Love. It's kind of a comical scene yeah. where they all three, the, there's, there's two fat parents and one little daughter who's really yeah. annoying. And she really wants a, a stuffed snake of some kind. Yeah, she's kind of the Rook, the Rook assault of this, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, very much the Rook I, assault. I thought it... Chocolate and Charlie and, she's and the like, Chocolate And they're both factory. like, oh, it's so tough being with a very intelligent child. Yeah, like every freaking modern parent ever. Intelligent is like the nice way to put and it. And Vina gives her a rubber chicken, and I thought, you know, rubber chicken yeah. is an interesting meta toy where it's like just a comment on other toys. Mm -hmm. The rubber chicken. Rubber chicken, yeah. Not being a toy that anyone desires whatsoever. I kind of want a rubber chicken. Really? What does she do? She throws it on the she ground. She throws it away because why would you want yeah. a rubber chicken? Nobody does. And it was one twenty-five back in nineteen seventy-three dollars. That's like twenty bucks today. I don't know if you, if you uh, listener, <laughs> you you recall the uh, Ontario-centric show today's special, which used to air oh, on yeah. TVO. It aired nationwide. Yeah, there you go on ASN. Um, yeah. But uh, Sam the old Simpsons, R.I.P. Department Store. The old now Simpsons the Bay, Department Store. Now, now the Saks Bay. Saks Fifth um, Avenue. But Sam, the you have no idea. Okay. One second. You have no idea how amazingly stoked I was when I moved to Toronto. And I took one walk in through the bay at uh, Young it's and like six stories Young high. Young and Queen, and I was like, oh, "It's the story from today's special." It is the story from today's <laughs> special. But uh, Sam, mm -hmm. the security guard, who was uh, who was like a Muppet type um, character, not played by yep. human, is what I mean. Yeah, they had a puppet puppet security guard and a puppet mouse. Um, and he would uh, whenever I forget his computer system, which he would always talk to. I yeah. think it was like the TVQ15 or something Did like that. Did it have that. a female voice? I think it had TV a female, female, yeah, voice, had a female yeah. voice. And he'd be like, oh, I need to see this on screen too. And he'd hit a button, and no matter what button he hit, a side door would open and a rubber chicken would spring out. And that was the running gag of the show. Oh, <laughs> I love that show so much. <laughs> so anyway, whenever Today I think of rubber special. chickens. It's interesting how such a creepy show is so beloved by our generation. It was not creepy at all. Just I mean, the mannequin is a bit yeah, creepy. Yeah, it's a bit creepy that a mannequin would come to come to life when you put a hat on his head. Also, the fact it's that it's creepy like, in retrospect, mind you. But I love, it's I love seeing a, like a, a rubber chicken in the dollar store and thinking, what? Why would you ever get this? It's a gag gift. It's an anti-toy, yeah. is what it is. That's what I, I was know, getting I at know, from but to, to begin with. I, I just, I, I love that it's there and my <laughs> puzzlement towards it all together. Anyway, so this family that gets the rubber chicken and rejects mm -hmm. it, they go into the tunnel of love. They all try to get into one love seat, but it doesn't. But it doesn't work. They're gonna but tip the, over. The father's too fat, so they have and to put him in the second seat. And it's a tunnel of love that's that's boats in a like in a watery path. Yeah. Which always is like I don't understand why there's so much water in amusement parks because like that just leads to drowning of children. And fetid water. I always yeah, think of the um, E. coli. The uh, the Simpson scene where Lisa drinks, she the, drinks water, the water becomes the lizard queen. Yeah, she goes nuts. <laughs> Um, duff beer for me, duff beer for you, so, I'll have a duff, you have one too. Sorry, sure. sorry listener. The parody of It's a Small World After All. Beer me, It's a Small World After All, always. a.k.a. David Lynch's hate song. <laughs> That's the way it should be. 
So anyway, so this uh, family disappears with inside uh, inside the tunnel of love. Yeah, they disappear. Yeah, and we don't see the cards how. Come out the we other... don't see what oh. happens to them. All we know is that Kit, the next moment or next Kit day is that or whatever, he's, he's upset about this, so he's not part. Yeah, he. Well, it's his. It's his thing. It's, it's his, his ride, tunnel. But he doesn't know how they got lost within it. All he sees is like shattered. Shattered reading glasses or glasses with blood on them in the in the orange. Like I, I take it that Kit has never actually gone inside the tunnel of love to look at it because he walks in. And he's kind of like, why is there all this weird dirty plastic here? And then in the dirty plastic are the glasses that are shattered. And he picks up and he's got blood in his hands. He's like, I don't know what's going on. It's like that weird also that 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 mouth that they have with the red bubble oh, with wrap the ton- with the bubble wrap with the tongue. bubble wrap tongue which is guess and what the that's, coffee cup teeth that's 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 the trunk of the upside down VW bug that Vina tries to sleep in later on oh my gosh by wow. the way there is inside this like the weird plastic hell that I described there is a upside down VW bug that's hanging from ropes apparently that's swinging that is also a bedroom of it's some a, sort it's a very surreal movie I want that bed. So do I. Doesn't it look fun? Kinda. Phil? Yes. I want that that bed without the plastic because the, the plastic just looks dirty. Wrap? It'd be like what punch buggy plastic, no punch bags. <laughs> fun till no end, right? Or until the very end. <laughs> without the grody plastic, please. Yeah, there's so much disgusting, dirty plastic in this movie. I'm f- I'm pretty sure at at the end of every shooting day, everyone's just covered in like sweaty dust. Yes. Have you ever seen dust land on plastic? It just gets disgusting and weird. And then if you add water to it, it's just this weird. Just what they did for the plastic in this film. Oh, it all looks yeah. gross. This is a gross movie. It sends shivers down my spine. I am so glad it's available in HD. There are times when characters are like trapped within this plastic. They can't like, seem to get out of this plastic. It, yeah. And also the entire Rolling underground round in this plastic. The entire underground plastic hellscape <laughs> is full of these like. Like weird children of Malatesta that I guess are cannibals. They're like zombie slash cannibals. Yeah, they're it's all really got gray skin because they don't go out into the sun and they never eat vegetables, so they've got all got scurvy or something. Uh, it's hard to Maybe describe the, the character of Malatesta. He is he part dresses, of the carnival. He, so well, it's Malatesta's carnival. That's the thing. Like at and at the start when the uh, the so Harris he does, family he comes out during the day. We see him yeah. during the day occasionally. Well, what's the name of that family in Harris? Or yeah, Richard sure. something. The, the, the family that's that's moving in, they're like, oh, we want to meet Malatesta. And Mr. Blood's like, oh, he never comes out. And then he comes out. Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where do we go from here, guys? Okay, so there's uh, uh, Vina's family, as far as we can tell, as you described before, uh, they're out for vengeance. Yeah, because someone died or like went missing in that carnival. So they're, they're playing like, nice with Mr. Blood during the day, but they're also like, we're so suspicious. And yeah, uh, what's and his Sam face? The, has the, a gun. Sam has a gun. He's like, I'm gonna get my vengeance. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it, plot-wise. There's these um these guys that come to the carnival at night, and they're like, let's go on the roller coaster, well, they're man. They're smoking the reefer. They're smoking their doobies. They're smoking their jazz cigarettes. Yeah. They're like, let's go on the roller coaster, man. And then the the. The carnies there, who are very much like carnies if you've ever seen but, them, but like a disgusting version of that. Still, yeah, because they're carnies all like gray disgusting. and hunched over. Like, oh, <laughs> oh man, Sorry, I don't our, want to our, our carny, our, our, our carny like, audience. The funny thing is, like, I'm sure after saying that, our, our our total audience will drop down to like zero. It's like, oh, it was all carnies listening to us. I uh, I used to work at a blockbuster <laughs> in a small town, small town Alston. We had a potato festival every year, and every year when the potatoes fe- potatoes festival potato happened, festival. that's what it's called. 
Uh, a carnival would come too with rides and stuff. It's like all the rides yeah. you remember. The, like the, the Gravitron. Ones, yeah, they all they come to the, the Galleria. The zipper, the yeah. uh, the Ferris wheel, all, all the good of that. stuff. Yeah. And so uh, while they were in town one time, one of the one of the carnies came in. Fine young woman, and she wasn't weird or anything like that. But she did <laughs> buy both seasons of Carnivale with her proceeds, and she's like, "I love this show so much." It relates to my life in ways <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> she was the. We couldn't get rid of those seasons otherwise. So good for her but for it's buying such them. A good show. I don't get it. I know it's a pretty. It, it turned uh, cut, the, the concept of a, the, the concept of a carnival is just unappealing. Like like I saw like I remember when I had the movie network when Carnival was airing and I was like nah. It's a good show, but it it um they 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 ended it weirdly because they got the notice I guess that shows being canceled. So they're they were like, like we're wrapping it up in one episode. Uh, I guess we gotta we gotta give it some sense of closure, and it didn't really have that. Yeah, it was a six-season arc. Yeah. And the dude, like, who behind the show created, like, pre-planned the six-season arc, and then it was like... Cancelled after two seasons. Try finding an ending. Dims the brakes. It had that, um, uh, Sopranos withdrawal, uh, momentum going on initially, and then people just quickly dropped off, like, about halfway through the first season. Yeah. Yeah, because all the uh, HBO shows at that time were very prestigious, and they mm-hmm. would all get like, oh, let's get into this, let's get into this. Yeah. Rome, Deadwood were all airing uh, at the same mm-hmm. time as Carnivale, but it just didn't, didn't pick up with on. people. Even Deadwood got canceled. Yeah, after three seasons, although mm-hmm. it's coming back in uh, made-for-TV movie form. I'd rather be coming back in the theatrical movie form, but, you know... Beggars can't be choosers. Well, my my idea is that they might film so much that they're like, well, this has got to be a two-parter. But it's HBO. It's not movies. It's not TV. It's, it's HBO. HBO. Yes. <laughs> AKA, we have a nudity clause. If you ever wonder why, strike a match. If you're ever wondering why you're watching a show, an HBO TV show, and there's either a scene set at an orgy or a strip club, it's because they hadn't hit their nudity quotient for the year, it's and they're just like, nudity. oh crap. No, no, Stop no, it. no. They literally have it. They literally do. That's, Stop it! No, no, I'm not kidding. They actually have a nudity quotient, and like that's why, like, True Detective season two. Let's go to the orgy. Yeah, because like half the season, it's like, where's all the nudity and sex? And then it's like, okay, we'll just throw in the eyes wide shut orgy. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. like it's like break glass in case of emergency. Exactly. Yeah, because right, it's convenient that you know, like, one of the fronts on the Sopranos is the Bada Bing Club, or of like, course, because in the background um, there, see, we got boobs in the background. We're done. Exactly. We're good. Well, I mean, that, I don't know. I just figured HBO would be the place that you could kind of put your work that is kind of like that out. There. No, you you could, but the thing is, like, even uh, Kerry Fukunaka, the director of uh, the first season of True Detective, complained about it because like HBO was like after those first few episodes came in, HBO was like, "But where's the boobs? Come on, like where's the nudity?" And so he actually like inserted sex scenes, and then they went to a strip club for no other reason than to like get that like here you go, it's done, it's out of like it's it's been a long known trope. To, to be fair, True Detective. I I watched four seasons of of Big Love for some reason. I don't remember mm-hmm. any nudity in that. Wasn't that a Showtime series, though? No, no, that was uh, it was HBO. Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. And True Detective, wasn't it, like, already kind of... Uh... I don't remember there being any nudity in season one of True Detective. Oh, there it's was. there, oh, yeah. yeah. 
That's like yeah. the second episode. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. I forgot. Carrie, like yeah, Woody Car- Harrelson's like Carrie, girlfriend. Yeah, or yeah. Carrie, yeah. Car- I don't know. I think it's a bit of reaching, guys. I, I'm, no, I'm not. No. I'm not making this up. Like, it, no, they literally have. Like, the it's convenient that potion. like Deadwood said, like, oh, at a brothel, yeah. running, running a brothel, and yeah. uh, it's amazing that David Lynch has never directed anything for HBO because he also seems to have a nudity clause. Not in, the, not in the original <laughs> Twin Peaks. No, obviously not. I know, not. episode one of the... <laughs> it's supposed to show, Kit, that some people have that type of vision and they, yeah. they want to make that kind of stuff and it seems to me like HBO is the kind of place to showcase it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. I didn't see it as like something that they have to have. Well, I could see in a cynical way that HBO was like, we like to show off what we can do because and this thing, is what we can do. What, what so that's yes. why swearing is is a necessity. Yep. People use the F word more than people do in real life. And, and the whole the whole point, like, and I'm not, Lillian, I'm not making this up. Like, that, like, Kerry Fukunawa complained about it. He's like, I had to, like, force in sex scenes where I didn't really need to have a sex scene or I needed to have the characters go to a strip club just to, like, get a certain amount out of the way because the whole thing of HBO is that, like, we're doing things t- regular TV can't, so therefore we'll have nudity, we'll have swearing, um, really graphic violence. Yeah, but I mean that—that's on regular TV now. Really graphic violence. Well, I mean like Oz levels of graphic violence, or like Boardwalk levels of graphic. Yeah, I haven't seen those shows, so I don't know. But back to this movie, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Also, it doesn't have graphic violence. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. The blood is also very fake looking. In this movie? Yes. The, the peach-colored um, uh, Kool-Aid. That's blood, yeah. yeah. The blood they got from 3M, the company that invented duct tape, where it was at just like point, pink paint. So, at the uh, point you'd mentioned, so um, oh, I don't even know how to describe the plot. We're just going to dip in and dip out? I don't know what that's, we're doing that's here. That's all we can do. Uh, so, so Vina, who's our heroine, she gets yeah. like basically. There's this weird moment where she's <laughs> she's talking with Kit, and they're they're it having either a becomes lucid a dream moment, or and then she gets yeah. drugged or something, and she starts wandering around in her nightgown, Somehow, having fun, but, but also not. being terrified. Um, rolling around in the plastic, having a good time, sleeping in the upside down. She's um, having a good time rolling in that plastic. She's trying to get up. But she's trying to escape. That was my. That's how I read it. She did have a fun little time in the upside down VW. Bug. She woke up in it. Yeah, but she but was she, having a weird... It's like she was she drunk. Was like, Can you have fun in an upside-down uh, Volkswagen? Is it just me? Did it seem like she was no, having it was, a drug? I feel, I feel like it was drug, too, but I also feel like this podcast now has gone into the weird plastic hellscape. <laughs> no, no, I know. Uh, she was, I guess she was trying to make sense of shit, <laughs> just like we were. So anyway, at, at some point she goes into a phone booth and she's like, I'm going to try to call for help. And yeah, then so the calls, uh, janitor she, guy comes and he smashes the phone booth. And he smashes the phone booth, the phone and, booth and, which is real glass. And then she runs away, but then goes into the thing and then Mr. Blood finds her. She gets a lot her. of hands there and they, they manage to grab her and um, prop her up and uh, Mr. Blood ties her down. Yeah. And in a really weird kind of creepy fashion, he's like, oh, oh, oh you're struggling. Oh, no. Oh, don't, 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 don't struggle. You're a bad girl. It'll all be fine. I'm trying to help you. Just just lie still so I can tie you up and, and then inject you, inject a syringe into you to withdraw your blood. So, so the injecting... And he's got fangs at this point somehow. The injecting, he had them all the way while he was dragging her. The injecting of the syringe... That into her arm looks very looks real looks very real like it's not like they actually just filmed somebody yeah having their blood taken I, I, yeah it's, it seems like it. and then like when they but pull out blood really comes yeah and but but they have a guy with a white lab coat on and scrubs but with dirty makeup on to show that he is the also I guess the, the cannibal carnival doctor, doctor guy <laughs> surgeon 
Doctor Gross, I guess is his name, or Doctor. Who is it? Doctor Satan in the um, in, oh, in a House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, but that's an actual guy. Like that's that's got like a weird like uh, gas mask on, and he's like all messed up, and he's got, like. Anyway, okay. I, was, I was we were talking during the film that uh, Rob Zombie should remake this film because no, it's he shouldn't. What he wants to do for his own, not for us. We wouldn't want to see for it. His it would own, be yeah. shitty. Yes, Rob, <laughs> Rob Zombie, if you're listening. By the way, I like really good parts for Sherry in there. I like Lord of Lords of Salem. <laughs> I haven't seen Thirty One yet, but I want to. It's on Shutter, so I'm gonna give it a, sh- a look. So anyway, so his Halloween movies have their moments. So they are strange. Oh, they're, Halloween they're, Two especially is a very strange rough, film. Man, they're rated R for rough. <laughs> I stole that from last podcast on the left, but it's in a different context, so I don't care. But um, okay, so they they take the blood out of her, and then Mr. Blood's there, and he's like, "I'm going to drink this blood." And as soon as he starts drinking it, Malatesta, it looks like it looks like pink it looks lemonade. Like Kool-Aid. It looks like yeah, yeah it looks very fake. Yeah. And then Malatesta shows up, and Mr. Blood's like, "But you were the one who introduced me to drinking blood. You can't." Like dis dis dislike me for doing this because you were the one that did this and I just restrained her and she is here for you and stuff just doesn't make sense. Well, he's he's like this is a transgression. I hope you can forgive me. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but now I'm going to drink this blood. And then Mister uh, then uh, Malatesta shows him one of his many faces. Apparently, yeah, and that's the end of good old Mister Blood. Face of madness. By the way, we should put. We see him again. We see him again on the roller coaster, but he dies oh, pretty yeah. soon after. Yeah. He is the one Carnival character that does die. Yeah, and we never see Malatesta's face other than when he might have become a a bubble wrap figure. So, and this is on the second night, so there's two nights that happen in this film. Oh right, because the next day Johnny shows up while while Mister Blood is like trying to terribly put out a fire with a extinguisher and he's just like oh the the Harris's they they went up these these trailers are so probably made they went up on the whoosh and and took a firefighter with them and you're like wait what 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 happened and he's like but you can still work here young man well it's funny because Johnny shows up we know about Johnny because uh they Vina, keep talking about him Vina got a phone call from mom and she's excited it's her boyfriend or something so then this weird night happens and she gets um kidnapped um and like Dracula and stuff happens. And drawn blood, Dracula and stuff. Um, and then the next day, uh, he's her, her parents also, the people who are opposing her, his parents get kind of locked into their trailer. Yeah, by, by the, the zombies. Strand, but they're the not zombie really zombies. Board. I think they're the, they're the Sonny Bean clan. They're the in, unbred, the unbred, the inbred offspring of Malatesta that live in the in the the caverns underneath yes. this carnival. They behave very much like zombies, but they're yeah, not zombies. Yeah, they move slow, but then they can also move fast, and they can use equipment, and they're one of them is a doctor, apparently. Um, so they got locked in their trailer, and then we don't know how they got... Oh, they get... By the way, on a side note, Dr. Satan is such a lazy name for a character. Okay. <laughs> what <laughs> yes. are we going to name our ultimate bad guy? Dr. Satan. Oh, Dr. Satan. <laughs> it's like you could have just called the guy Do- Dr. Bad Person. That would be a great name, Doctor Bad Person. In my you James Bond spoof, write that down. I Devil swear to God. One. Bad person. Bad person. Bad person. What's your bad name? Person. I am Doctor Bad Person. <laughs> Sorry, did you just say Doctor Bad Person? Yes. Bad person. Thank you, each Scandinavian. Where are you from? I am from bad the darkest. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the darkest pit of Russia. <laughs> it's called Bad Place. Bad Place Land. Bad place land. Bad place land. No, bad place grad. <laughs> See? 
So yeah, um, I don't even know why I'm trying to do it. Uh, basically, here's the plot. It's two nights at this weird carnival before it opens. Every single night, crazy, crazy terrible things terrible, happen. Horrible things happen. Some of the people hired All by the carnival are not in on it. Yeah. Most of them are. Um, yeah. And the ones that aren't get killed by the ones who are. Yeah. Uh, Kit dies, by the way. He we, just, they we never, just find yeah. Kit dead on a Ferris wheel yeah, at one got, point. He's, he's, he's got, got even halfway into the movie. Yeah, I know. I was really cheering for Kit. Your and, uh, Kit was going to be the good guy that pulled through and like saved everyone. They oh, found yeah, to be the, the protagonist of the movie. Then. And by the way, like Malatesta throughout the entire thing, he's, he's shown as this like ethereal character. And then at the end of the movie, he's just talking to cop like, "Yeah, shit, man. You know, sometimes people go missing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yeah, it's just he's, he's just like an average dude at the end of the movie talking to this cop like." Shit, man, I got a business to keep going. Can you guys, like, you know, protect my park in the winter when it's closed and the vandals come in? You know what? Which kind of makes sense, because, like, in the beginning, we don't really know what to expect. And here's a family who's coming to kind of, like, turn up their machines and get their station ready. And they get killed. Right away they get killed, yeah. So, yeah, it's just another day in this carnival here. So well, he's get, totally get- right. They get eaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we see evidence. Oh no! It's the it's the the one young man who gets killed by the uh, the trash stick. Oh yeah. He gets uh, the, the janitor face. carries him to some sort of. And they rip him apart and eat him. They and then Malatesta like holds up some of his guts and says, "Clean this," and throws it out into the ground. He like dribbles it upon his like inbred children, and they like gobble it up. And it doesn't make any sense. There's a lineup. There's a queue where people are lining mm-hmm. up to go. Eat All these gray faces out of his torso. Like his yeah. torso is just kind of open and gore. And mm-hmm. uh, people are like, oh, I'm going to take some of the gore and I'll eat it. And it's now it's chunks the next of person bananas with, yeah. like, with like cherry syrup on it or something. I'm yeah, sure. These, these zombie or cannibal people just kind of hop on anything that's dead. Right away. Yeah. In this movie. I think this was like a banana gore movie because like, so I've been watching episodes of the show called The Core on Shudder. And they like get into, they describe like they'll do a, a crazy special effect, like gory special effect. And they'll talk about it. And they're like, yeah, if you have cubes of bananas and you cover it in fake blood, it looks pretty nasty. And I think that's what they used in this film. Because, like, if you eat fake blood covered in, like, you know... That'd probably be delicious. It's like syrup. Oh, yeah, the banana, uh, the, not, uh, banana with uh, corn syrup and red food dye. That, that stuff's going to be delicious. That, uh, that blood we used for my uh, my death scene in the bathroom. It was great. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was... I made the blood myself. It was corn so syrup, theme with red food dye. Yeah. Right? Although you no, you don't survive coffee connection. I'm gonna make a movie where you are the hero that just comes in and is just like, I'm here to save you. Do you die Johnny Two Jokes? Did you not read Coffee Connection? I do. I do survive Johnny Two Jokes. Yeah, that's true. Jimmy Two Jokes. Jimmy Two Jokes. And the Defective Detective. That's another short film, which will be soon opening up. I just have. There's one more film festival I want to hear from before we release that on open to the public. We'll put it on the Death by Video Facebook page. We'll put it through Twitter or whatever. Um, It's a good one. It was part of the 48 Hour Film Festival last year. Such a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Kit was uh, the, I guess the hero of that film. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Quinn. Uh, no. Jimmy Two Jokes, A.K.A. Seamus O'Shamus. Seamus O'Shamus. Undercover police officer. Fatal Deviation. <laughs> yes. We should do like a Canadian remake of Fatal Deviation called like Stale Deviation or something. Maple Deviation. Maple Deviation. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Weird monks from that like church on college with the the statue. Maybe a monk. Oh yeah. Um, okay, back to this. Back to Malatesta's carnival. But even though we already the monks we, of High we, Park, we kind of we kind of <laughs> talked through this film. Like that's the plot basically, right? Yeah. The the good guys don't win. Uh, both the yeah. parents Sam and Mrs. Norris get killed, um, mm-hmm. and then hung up in like a meat 
locker, locker type of thing. Locker, made out of plastic. And then Sheena, uh, Vina, rather. Vina we, gets we, drawn in by the, the gypsy woman. The gypsy woman, and then and she And you gets, think, like, okay, she's going to be led to safety, but she's really just led through, like, a uh, a hallway that's that's lit with a very red light. But uh, the gypsy keeps her word. She says, I'll take you to your parents. And, and she, she does. does. She but does. her parents are dead. Parents are dead, da, and she gets da, locked da. in a room with bubble wrap on the windows. I think Vina must be drugged, though, because when she sees the dead corpse of her father, she, like, puts her father's hand on her head as if he's, like, like comforting her. Yeah, and it's then, very strange. Yeah. And then the gypsy locks her in this, like, freezer, and <clears throat> that's when we go up top to see Malatesta, like, shooting the shit with this, like, forest ranger, apparently. And then... Bric-a-brac shows up, or odd job, knick-knack. Bozo, as Bozo. he's known in this film. Or we thought it was Bobo, but uh, then... Maybe we, it's he, Bo- he's got Bozo's, like... He goes to his, grade. um... It, and all the, like, attractions, yeah. like the uh, throw the ball... They're it's all dilapidated and Dilapidated disgusting. and terrible looking. Yeah. But it's the dunk tank that he goes yeah. to, and he's like, throw some balls, throw some and balls. And Jimmy is, like, t- Johnny is Johnny tied up, gagged. tied up and gagged. And the cop's like, yeah, I'll throw us... And the, of course, the and irony is that he, he kills Johnny. He kills Johnny and drowns him in the tank of water. But the thing is, like, the cop throws three balls and misses. He's like, oh, the arm isn't what it used to be. And then Bozo's like, throw again, throw again. And Maltesa's like, come on, man, give me another shot. And he does, and he drowns Johnny. And then that's the movie. It's over. That scene was somewhat familiar. Was that done in something else? Not that or I can recall. He's already dead, but they kind of put them in that position to... Never mind. Drown them, you mean? I don't know. I don't know. Like, okay, like I think like a similar thing must have been used at some point, but I don't know if it was exactly like yeah. this one. Yeah, okay. So, guys, final thoughts on Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Phil. I really enjoy this. Yes! I won you over, finally. Yes. 44 episodes later, <laughs> we have won Phil over. I... I... I've enjoyed a few movies, but yeah, this is this was quite the ride. That's the sound of me knocking it out of the park. <laughs> I yeah. don't, I don't really know what to add. Like it, I was completely blindsided. It's a weird by movie. It. Yeah, it was just like it was just this nightmarish hellscape, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yes, we did it, guys. We won. I've, I've got to mention early on in the film, there's this uh, where Mr. Blood is with, with the family and he's mm-hmm. talking about the park. And they do this weird thing where, I don't know if it was in, oh, on purpose. Oh, right. When they're, they're, they're doing like, a they're tracking talking, shot. The tracking and, and then sh- they stop right. And there's a branch right in the middle of the like camera. a branch with it's leaves called, on it. We only, have, we only have enough film for one take, so get it right. <laughs> And you can even see the camera trying to, like, lower. Like, can we get a better shot? No, no. No, no, that's too artificial. So, so we like, stop he with delivers the... his lines completely covered and by a branch. And they keep going, and it's just so Which bad. Which is super impressive, considering the scope of his forehead. Yeah. Yeah, this Peter Boyle-esque type giant forehead. Mm-hmm. So, Phil, what are your final... Or, sorry, Kit, what are your final thoughts? I, I was also on board with this film. Yeah! It's, it's, I did it! it, it I is, won! It is like an acid trip, though. It's... There's yeah. not much it's making... It's messed up. It's weird. I'm sure you listener um, can tell by the recap that we just mm-hmm. did. There's no making sense of this no. film. It's great. You basically just pick pieces of it like a torso that's open to you. It is a you. nightmare. It is. It's, it's, it is a nightmare. It's like 60 minutes of a nightmare and 10 minutes of maybe plot. Yeah. Yeah, sort of set up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I won you guys. I, bo- I won you guys over. I'm so happy. It is a very strange, odd film. Mm-hmm. I would recommend to anyone who's into strange, odd films, for sure. Oh, I did Remind- it. Especially the Texas Chainsaw Massacre camp. 
And I'm also reminded very much of uh, Inland Empire and yes. some other David Lynch work. So I'm going to play We Are the Champions underneath this track, <laughs> this part of the, the podcast. So, Lillian, what did you think of Malatesta's Carnival of Blood? I'm still, uh, I'm still trying to make sense of it, and it's, it's. I think it was done very eerily, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't girl, know. you said you were it creeped was cool. out at times. It was like in it, like in and out of a dream, and 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 it was just odd. There was a long sequence when Vina was running around, and I'm like, oh, this is a dream sequence. And then it became slowly obvious that this was not a dream sequence. The performances were good. Like, I, I really liked a lot of the characters, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, like, like the guy with the Mr. Blood and 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 the guy with the with the pick. He was really cool. Like, do you guys remember that and scene where, where Vina is, she goes into a booth or something, and then Mr. Blood rises out of the booth, and he gives that speech, Yeah. and then he's, he gets stuck on a line, and he keeps on repeating it, like he's an automaton. Yeah, yeah, that and, was really cool. And that I was, was like, really oh, this carnival. is a dream. This is part of her dream. That was really carnival But it's not a dream, apparently. It's real. Yeah, it's basically like shit just breaks loose one night at the carnival, and whoever is around to be the unfortunate loser... That would is. also be like, wouldn't you go see a movie that's that's titled "Shit Just Breaks Loose at the Carnival One it Night"? It pretty much does, right? <laughs> like, it pretty much does in this movie. It's like all shit just breaks loose. Uh, one oh yeah. Carnival. <laughs> oh my god, I am so stoked that I won all you guys over. I feel like I really accomplished something here tonight. You've um, won us over before. We were all yeah. on board for most of the Pune movies. Oh yeah, we're gonna rewatch Nemesis as well. I'm gonna Shogun Assassin. Never oh yeah, but Lil wasn't oh, here for that. It. Loved it. I gotta be there for that. Yeah, she missed. Yeah, you she need missed to Shogun watch Assassin. Shogun Assassin. It's always available at this. Oh yeah, it? it's a Blu-ray though. I don't think you have a Blu-ray player. Oh no. Alternately, you can uh, get the Lone Wolf and Cub box mm. set from the library. You have TPL. Oh, I have a time. Oh, no, TPL has it. Or Shogun Assassin is on it, or you can just watch the original six movies, or you just watch the first two, or but or you can you watch can just the Shogun Assassin. Six and you got to five now, right, Phil? I am starting part five now, yeah. Oh. But as part of the as one of the bonus features, Shogun Assassin is on there. Oh well, I would imagine that though Shogun Assassin is a lot more accessible. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or alternative, all that you can just come back to the Cave of Cinema and I can show it to you. Everyone has a standing invitation here at the Cave of Cinema to watch movies. One of these days, we're going to watch Children of Men. No? Yes, we will. One of these days. <laughs> and brain donors? Yes, when I don't have to yeah, work the next Owen. day. Um, I saw them in the theaters. I have not seen it yet. You've seen brain donors land. in the theaters? <laughs> I, no, I, I'm video with Vanessa, most likely. Yes. Listeners, yeah. I lent uh, Graham uh, my DVD copy of Children of Men over a year ago. It wasn't a year. It's you been six still months. Not gotten to it. Six months. It's in. It's in. The, I didn't know that was your copy. There yeah, are many is. movies that I have to see. Children of Men is one of them. I am but one man. <laughs> I can only watch so many movies at a time. I yesterday in my very sick stupor watched Dude Bro Party Massacre three and Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping back to back. That's a good afternoon. That's a good afternoon. That was a great yeah. afternoon. That was just something where I'm like, oh, someone's at the door. Come on in. So my final thoughts. This movie is a nightmarish hellscape. Sorry, we had to we had to stop recording. There was a raccoon at my door. Um, what, was it Pamela? And, no, and that storyline is dropped for the last time. Okay, you know what? I think it was Pamela. Like in some way, 
I think, like, I kind of had a gleam, a glimpse into their the raccoon's eyeballs, and I saw a little bit of Pamela. Well, you know, out. Pamela had a sister named Tatiana. No, she didn't stop. Okay, my final thoughts. This is a nightmarish hellscape, um, and the movie just like it, it. It freaked me out when I saw it like a, a couple of years ago, and it freaks me out still. Like I was getting chills down my spine while we were watching this tonight. I can imagine watching this as a kid on like late night city TV movies, but and it just was not available. That's the thing. I, just imagine if this was like a random movie on city. TV, you would freak the heck out. It would be so terrifying because it's just an it's a movie where you're like, okay, it starts and you're like, I guess there's a plot, they're gonna find out where this missing boy went. No, it just goes straight to Nightmaresville. Just nightmare imagery and then for and, and like, 60 minutes. And this Malatesta guy is just a freak until the end when he's talking to the cop, like just like yeah, man, you know, it's weird here. And, you know, you're going to be... He turns into, like, an Adam Driver type character. I know. Just like <laughs> and, then the mo- and then the cop throws the balls at the dunk tank, and he drowns the kid. And then it cuts back to, to Vina in the, the freezer, and she just screams, fade to black. Movie's over! Directed by Christopher Spieth. <laughs> Spieth, the one, like, one and done. This was his only film. What stays in Carnival stays in Carnival. Yeah, it was nuts. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to end this podcast. I don't even know how to describe this movie. It's it's so out there and just great. Are you excited about the uh, the other movies on our uh, Project America? I am. Bill? I have, I have, what's next week, Graham? Okay, so I've not seen the other films in this box. I'm going to try and watch them beforehand. The next one is a movie that comes with a bit of a reputation. It's called The Witch Who Came In from the Sea. Oh, sounds good. Which has been uh, written about quite a bit, especially in the era of Me Too, apparently. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It was written up in uh, Stephen Thrower's Nightmare USA. It's another example of regional independent filmmaking. Um, Which region? I don't know. Well, I'll, lo- I'll have I'll know that by the time we do the trivia okay. on the next round. Somewhere near the sea, I'm Somewhere guessing. Somewhere near the sea. Coastal region. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's part two in our three part American uh, horror project series, and um, and yeah, and then we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be done. We'll be moving on to something else. Another movie uh, will follow that one. Yeah, sorry. And we'll I, watch kinda, it. I lost the plot there for a second there, guys. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm sick. No, that's cool. That's cool. Sounds like we have an exciting week ahead, guys. Yes, and hopefully, guys, I apologize again about not getting pieces up as soon as I could. It's just it's been... It's up now, you... you by the time this comes up, I know, I know. But Stop it's just, demanding things from us. Again, my, we try. Apar- my apartment got flooded la- this week. <laughs> No, it's not. It's it is up now. W- when they hear when, this. When this episode drops, it'll be up. Touche, Kit. Touche. Yeah, anyways, guys. So, for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I'm Lillian. And I've been Graham saying, please be sure to rewind. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that future star of Albert Pune's uh, Badass Angels and Demons? No, or I, Nina think, Perez? I think that was. No, it was Tatiana the Raccoon. Anyways, I've been Graham saying, please... Yes. I've been Graham Singh. Please be sure to rewind and we'll see you next time. Keep watching good cinema. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Facebook at Death by Video Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Death by Video. Follow us on Twitter at Death by Video Pod. On SoundCloud at Death by Video. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night. Keep watching the skis. You're